Welcome to Climate Forward, the podcast where we explore the actions and stories of the European Climate Pact ambassadors and similar thought leaders in the area of sustainability. My name is Manso Philipp Garabagi and I am your host. In this episode, I speak to Flora Spät. Flora is a board member of Europlanttray and an independent consultant for the horticulture industry. In her board role at Europlanttray, Flora is working towards replacing single-use plastic plant trays with a reusable pooling system. When the system will be introduced in 2024, it will save over 40,000 tons of plastic every year. In Germany, about 150 million of these trays are being used every year. This is a huge, huge mountain of waste that we within the industry are producing. Our aim is to introduce the new industry standard in Europe. Flora Spät, welcome to the Climate Forward podcast. Thanks for having me. You are a board member of the Europlant Tray and you're a self-employed consultant in the horticulture business. Can you tell us a little bit more about this, please? Yes, sure, I can. Uh, my name is Flora, as you just heard. Uh, I'm on the better side of 50. Uh, I'm a German living in the Netherlands already for nearly 12 years by now. Uh, I studied horticulture at some point um, and have now 25 years of experience in this field on different parts in the supply chain from wholesale and logistics in Italy, in the UK, in Germany, and now in the Netherlands. And uh, recently, about a year ago, I became appointed as one of the board members of Europlantray. And I think this is where we should dive into what we are doing at Europlantray. This is also what we'll focus on today, because the horticulture business or the green industry has some sustainability challenges. Um, but before we dive into this, can you explain what is the horticulture business? Well, when we talk about horticulture, we really speak about everything from plant breeding to plant growing to plant production to the wholesale, the logistics that are transporting the plant from one place to the other, ending up at the retail shops where we as consumers are buying our plants after all. So uh, we are looking at the whole chain, um, really from the growing part to the selling part to us consumers. And these are live plants in, in earth or is this also cut flowers? Uh, the cut flowers are also part of horticulture. Uh, but my special field of expertise is really the live plants, the living plants, the plants that you plant in your garden, the plants that make your living room more green and more healthy for you and your kid. Uh, and uh, yeah, a little bit of the fruit and veg, obviously also, but that's another uh, field of expertise because fruit and veg is usually grown outside. And uh, a lot of the plant production that we are talking about is also done inside when we are talking about indoor plants, obviously. Okay, so my little green cactus the green cactus uh, will hopefully be uh, transported on a europlant tray in the future to reach from the grower to the wholesaler to the retailer where you are going in and buying the green cactus afterwards yes so it's a bit of a complex industry and i would really like to understand the value chain so it starts with a grower i assume and it yep. ends up 
uh, in my living room, most likely. Uh, but what are the steps in between? Well, it starts with the grower. Let's leave out the, the breeding factors for now. That's uh, really a special field again. But it starts with a grower who's propagating uh, the plants, making them grow to the size that we as consumers want them. Uh, and the grower is uh, either selling directly to a retailer, but we know that there are a lot of small growers. So usually we have a wholesaler in between who is collecting all the different sorts of plants, like the cactus, like the plants for the garden, like the plants, the, the trees for the garden. Uh, he's combining everything, uh, offering the whole assortment for indoor and outdoor plants to the retailers. And the retailers are choosing from him uh, to have one contact person or a couple of contact persons uh, for the assortment that they want to sell. So I understand the value chain now. It's quite complex. And I assume also this is happening across countries in Europe and not just within one country. Um, so the logistics must be a big challenge, right? Because you need to get plants either out of the earth or out of the place where they're grown, to the supermarket, to the consumer. Um, and I think this is where we're sort of building the bridge to what you're doing now, the Euro plant tray, right? I mean, can you, how does it happen, right? How are plants shipped at the moment? Well, plants are shipped on uh, trolleys. And you can imagine the, the you, you know the trolleys, I'm very sure, if you think back of the last time you went shopping in a DIY store, uh, especially now in spring, you see these amounts, these walls of trolleys, steel trolleys with plants in front of the, Uh, the, the the retail stores. That's also a pooling system. These these trolleys. I used to work for this company as well for more than 10 years. Um, and small pots. If you would just put them on the trolleys, which are moving, their rolls wheels on the, under them, you could imagine would fall off the trolley and yeah. would get get damaged to, uh, during the transport. So next time you're going to a garden center, have a look. Smaller pots up to 17 centimeter uh, are standing in trays. These trays today are one-way trays. So the grower, when he receives the order from the retailer via the wholesaler, puts the plants in this tray thing, which looks a little bit like an egg box, you can, can compare it. Um, but it's made from one-way plastic. Um, he ships to the wholesaler. The wholesaler might shift the tray to another trolley to combine the orders of that particular end customer. Then the plants are going to the retailer and this is where you are buying them. And what is happening afterwards with the tray, you are taking the pot home with you, but the tray stays behind and it's simply waste. So we're using this one-way packaging for the sake of two, three days of transport. But other than that, there is no value. And why, so this is single-use item, why are they not collected back and reused? Well, there are some things to be collected on regrinded and reused, um, but recycling as such is never as environmentally friendly as reuse, proper reuse is. And this is what we are going to introduce with the Europlant tray. So the Europlant tray is uh, an initiative of the industry itself uh, i understand it or of, of many many players in the that are somewhat connected to the horticulture industry um, and it's trying to solve this challenge about you know single use plant trays do you have a number of of what amount of plastic are we talking about here every year yeah we have a rough estimation maybe we need to 
go back a step further. It's about two years ago that the Deutsche Umwelthilfe, the environmental uh, agency of, of, of Germany, uh, invited the industry, a lot of different players, about 80 players of the industry, to confront them with the fact of this single-use plastic for the trace. And the estimation at that point was that in Germany about 150 million of these trays are being used every year. And for Europe, the estimation is something between 500 and 700 million. So you can imagine this is a huge, huge uh, mountain of waste that we within the industry are producing. And that environmental agency kind of wagged their finger at us and said, well, you're calling yourself the green industry, but is this really green what you are doing? And that's how it all started uh, in spring 2021. I mean, the reaction of the industry was, let's do something about this or... or, or exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. I mean, if, if, if you get confronted with facts like this, um, then I think independent which industry you're in, you can't just say, oh, that was a nice day and I had a free coffee and now I'm going home and I continue how I did before. Uh, this was really a wake-up call for the industry and for the players who were there. Um, and the group got together um, to, to work on the details how we can solve that problem in the industry. And when I say we, uh, it's really the fact that there's everybody from the supply chain involved. Um, the steps were different or multidimensional. Uh, first of all, the idea was, okay, if we can't use single plastic, what are we using instead? Uh, they very quickly found that they want to go into pooling and reusing of um, of the trays. Because like I said before, the, we in the industry also know the, the, the trolleys. So it's kind of a logical combination as well, apart from the environmental uh, advantages. Then there was a, a questionnaire sent out to 350 companies to find out, well, if we want one tray, what does this tray need to do? What are the, the specifics that we are expecting from a tray? And when you say 350 companies, these are 350 companies along the value chain that exactly. we just explained. So yeah. with very different interests. and Yeah. And if, even though it was initiated in Germany from the German uh, environmental agency, the whole project was started on an international basis. So it was not the fact that it was only asked to, to German guys. But the, the questionnaire was sent out internationally. Based on that one, the group got specifications at the end. I think it's a book of, I can't remember, roughly 100 pages or so. So it's <laughs> you think it's just a plant tray, but it's kind of complicated when you really get into the details. <laughs> yeah. um, at the same time, there were discussions in little work groups. How are we going to do this? Our aim is to introduce the new industry standard in Europe. So there is... Okay financial things to be considered, there is sales stuff to be considered, there's logistics to be considered. What is the right form of company to be able to do this? And who will invest in everything that needs to be done? There is the development that has been done now the last two and a half years. Yeah, who pays for all that? We will also start production at some point of the trade. They need to be paid. Uh, and we need to consider the users who are used to pay, in average, 25 to 30 cents for a single-use tray. But what does it mean for the people if we suddenly ask for 10 times the amount because you're using the tray 100 times? Bottom line, it's cheaper, but the initial investment is higher. So that are all things that the work group has uh, looked into. 
the group made decisions. And then last year in June, July, there was a moment reached um, where due to Kartellrecht uh, legislation, um, we couldn't continue anymore in a, in a loose project format. So anti antitrust legislation prevented anti this? Yeah, anti uh, anti antitrust law. Um, obviously, you, you, we have big retailers um, that are usually competing with each other, sitting in the project together, working on one solution. We have wholesalers that are competing with each other, sitting in this project together. So all the meetings are always um, under supervision of an antitrust lawyer. And we have to be very, very careful on, 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 on everything, not to share our secrets. We are having one big aim together, and that is to reduce the waste in our industry. And that's also why the antitrust, um, antitrust department in Germany allowed that we are founding a company. That was all checked by the, uh, by the German government. Um, and only with this aim that we say we are doing something on sustainability, we were allowed last year in August to, to found uh, the Europlan Trade Cooperation. Now that you have explained the, the challenges in setting up this organization and the financial part, they're all sitting in a room, but a producer probably has very different interests than a retailer. So how does that work? Well, like it does in every corporation, uh, everybody has got one vote and you need to have very good arguments to convince the others. Um, but it's it's not the fact that uh, just because you're a big retailer, your vote counts more than the small grower, just to make it a little bit uh, uh, black and white on, on, on that one. Uh, so the money that the companies have does not represent the, the, the voting rights, but everybody who's sitting there has got one vote. And what I personally, I'm involved in that just, uh, in that project since last year, August. Um, I'm representing the Dutch Vereniging uh, van Groothandelaren, the Dutch Corporation of, of Wholesale for the Green Industry. Um, and in this respect also became a board member uh, of, of Europlantry. Uh, what I think is, is amazing every time to see... Um, that we are learning from each other. Obviously, there are different focus points. We had a very interesting, funny discussion when we had to choose the color of the tray. That doesn't mean anything to the to the grower or to the wholesaler, but it's one of the most important things for the retailer because they obviously want that their shops look nice. When we discuss if the um, drainage holes need to be 8 millimeter or 9 millimeter or 7 millimeter high, the retailer says, whatever, you are the specialist in growing, whatever. <laughs> so then suddenly the grower has much more impact, I wouldn't call it, but then they are listened to more, more detailed um, simply because they are the specialist in this field. And that gives some funny situations because, I mean, the project as it is now is unique in Europe that we have whole industry working through the whole supply chain to find one solution and we are not used to sit together and work on solutions uh, not along the supply chain and not uh, together with our competitors um, but only this way we can we can have a standard again and if everybody would develop their own system and somebody is working with cardboard and the next one with a pooling system and the next one, I don't know, with a wooden tray, I just uh, come up with some things, that makes our supply chains very complicated again. 
and everything that is complicated is automatically inefficient as well. So it's 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 there's a lot of reasons why we work together, even though we are competing in in, in parts. But bottom line is it's making all our lives more easy in the future and then more efficient also. Do you think from your perspective, will this also be a benefit for the industry next to the sustainability benefit of introducing a, a, a reusable pooling system? I, I think it will be. Um, not only because we're all using the same products and it makes it easier, um, but I think we also create a new awareness and level of understanding for each other. And when we understand each other along the supply chain, that automatically has got benefits on the long run because you're, you're, you're reaching another level of discussion uh, and you dare to also raise other subjects um, that might m maybe also bugger you right now and which usually wouldn't be addressed. I mean, normally the grower doesn't speak to the retailer. There's a wholesaler in between. Um, but automatically now we are having the direct communication and there are things just, yeah, you, you just get aware of things that you've not been thinking about before because you've got the direct dialogue. And I think we will have a lot of benefits also in the long run of it. And the second part is that we are working internationally. Um, when EPT was founded in 2022, we started with eight members. Today, only nine months and four days later, uh, We are 28 members. I mean, a pregnancy takes nine months, but it's difficult to get 20 babies in one one time. Uh, we managed to get that. And uh, we have now um, partners in Germany, in Austria, in Switzerland, in the Netherlands, in Norway. Uh, we are in a lot of discussions with uh, French uh, different groups, uh, more, more companies even from Scandinavia, from retail and wholesale in the green business. And we also, on that perspective, learn from each other. I would like to understand how the tray works as such. So can you explain to me how, how, how this happens? I mean, I know you mentioned in the beginning, right, the plant gets put in something, but how would a pooling in the reuse system work? That was a big discussion also, um, because, again, looking at the value chain, uh, it starts with the grower. The grower needs to... to put the plants into the tray first, but the grower is usually not the one uh, who has the money that looks sits on the other side of the retail chain. And the retail chain demands from the grower, I want my plants in this tray. So is it really fair to put the investment on the grower side? Um, as your plant tray, we have decided that we will only rent out the trays so they stay our assets and we stay responsible for it. Um, but if you would come and say, okay, I need 100,000 trays, then you would hire them and they're different models depending on what you want to spend for year hires or five years hire or long-term, really like long-term hire, spreading payments whatsoever. Uh, and then you can say, okay, I'm going to give that to my growers myself and keep stock Of, of, of the 100,000 trays to whom I gave them and when I get them back from the growers. Maybe you have a service provider who's doing that already with other stuff in your retail department. Think about the crates where the fruit and vegetables are being transported in. Think about the displays where we, which we find usually uh, close to the payment points so that we are being tempted to buy some chocolate. 
uh, in the last moment. Well, not we, but our kids. Um, they they are standing on little blue pellets. Quite often they're blue. That is also pooling system. So a lot of retailers have pooling service providers already connected or a service provider who's taking everything together, who is um, sorting out the rubbish, who's putting into recycling what can go into recycling and returns these pooling items to the respective pooling companies which are responsible for it. So that depends very much on the particular supply chain, how exactly it works, but I think, I hope that you get a rough picture of how it's working. Now, these things can break along the way. Obviously, they can fall off a pallet or off one of the trolleys, and then there's a edge where you might cut yourself. You don't want to use it again. Um, our system um, says, okay, if you have rented 100,000 trays from me and they start breaking, I mean, at the beginning, this will be just through normal damage, but after 15 to 20 years, they start to get old and then they have just reached their lifetime. Then you will bring the trays back to us we are regrinding them and we are making new trays out of it. And that's the cradle-to-cradle -cradle, um, benefits that we are having of really having a closed, closed loop. So there's two things I want to ask. First, you mentioned the lifetime. This Is it what, 20 years? Did I hear that correctly? It depends on how many rotation you're you're doing every year. Oh, you okay. can imagine. Um, yeah. So we are saying um, that they last for at least hundred rotations. If you're rotating ten times per year, well, then you would end up with ten years. Um, we calculate roughly because that's also very depending on the on on the su supply chain you're working on. We calculate with four to seven rotations per year, but it depends on the on the product. I mean, in spring we all buy our spring pot plants from the growers but we only buy them for four weeks so if i'm a grower who only has got this production and no production of autumn plants that we would then maybe put in our garden again that grower would maybe once or twice use the tray the thing in a pooling system is okay i don't use them anymore because my spring production is done and the rest of the year i'm doing holiday Then I give them to my neighbor who has the autumn production. So I'm sharing the product as well. It's not that we have to keep them in storage and not use them. But obviously, especially when there's a service provider or the retailer or the wholesaler who is having year-round business, it's very easy for them to coordinate. Okay, you get these things in spring, you get them in the summer, you get them in autumn, and you get them for the poinsettias for Christmas. So that's also efficiency within the supply chain again. Yeah, I liked it a lot. So, so it's actually a very, very... So, so it's a product with quite a long lifetime on the one hand, but on the other hand, the pooling system and this, and this, this you know, rental or, or, or hiring system, I would assume you expect to collect about 100% of any broken or, or uh, out-of-use uh, trace back. So the recycling rate eventually of, of you know the regrinding and then and creating new pellets is, is close to 100%. It, it will always be close to 100%. I think we should never imagine really 100% because there will be the one tray that somebody keeps in their canteen to put the coffee mugs in or serve the beer on Friday, <laughs> bottle time or something like this. Um, but yeah, in, in, in you can consider close to 100% of, of return. And can you share which material you're making them out? Uh, they they will be made out of PP. 
Okay, and so poly, are, polypropylene. And yeah. So it's yeah. and it's 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 a clear how do you say that the non-blended is just polypropylene, so it's also very easy to recycle. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So I'm quite impressed. It it sounds like a huge innovation. Uh, that, that will have a dramatic impact. You, you mentioned several hundred of thousands of single-use trays being thrown away every year, and if, if we manage to replace them with a with a you know pooling well, system. Well, our our estimation is that uh, step by step we will introduce up to 100 million trays in the pooling system. We are now working um, on on one size. Obviously, we have different pot sizes, so it's not that one one tray fits all because of the different pot sizes uh, that need to fit. Um, we are now working on the biggest group, that is 10 and 11 centimeter, that's your, your, your normal plants that, that you have at home, uh, also your spring plants that you know uh, in the spring season, and that's the biggest lump and also the lump that goes uh, more or less all year round. That's the one that we decide upon in a couple of weeks' time, actually. Um, we have tested two different trays of two different producers, Uh, in the market, in the supply chain, and in two weeks' time, the General Assembly of the corporation will make a decision with which uh, trade to continue, and then based on that one, also start to introduce the next sizes. And over the years, it's our goal to introduce 100 million um, trays. And when will we see the first trays in, in our markets? In spring 2024. Okay. It's very quickly. Uh, I think uh, we have to give credits to everybody who was involved until until now. It's amazing with which speed that group has been working with all the obstacles. Uh, funnily enough, Corona helped um, because suddenly everybody was aware that you can work remote and can have Teams meetings. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the original group got together every two weeks to make the next steps, which is amazing for, for a project of that size. Uh, and also when I'm looking back now, what we've done since the official foundation and what we've achieved with all the colleagues and our members uh, and the dedication of everybody to put their time in and to, to sit in work groups and give their input and send the specialists of the companies to discuss details. Um, I think we all have to be very, very proud of what we have achieved uh, until now. And I, I really can't wait to see the first proper trace in the shops and I think we will have uh, a little sparkling bottle popping on that day uh, or maybe even two uh, or maybe even 28 I guess it will be 28 members or even more at that point who will all pop the corks on the sparkling bottle when we have the first race really going out because we can be proud of uh, what we've achieved together. Wow, that's a great closing word, I think. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting excited myself to see the product uh, in stores. Um, thank you very much, Flora, for taking the time to talk to me about this really, really interesting um, topic that is maybe not so obvious to all of us, uh, but that makes a really big difference. So thanks a lot for sharing your story with me. Thanks for asking me. You just listened to Flora Spät. Flora talked about how EPT, a reusable plant tray, is revolutionizing logistics in the green industry and saving over 40,000 tons of plastic every year. If you want to hear more about the European Climate Pact ambassadors and similar thought leaders in the sustainability space, subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss out on new episodes. Mm -hmm.